Welcome to where the weird ones are. Every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. Powerful figures. Mama. Let's get weird. What's up, you fucking weirdos? Welcome to another episode of Where the Weird Ones Are. My name is Kevin, but you probably already knew that. And if you did not, now you do. Today's episode is with Jeff Ford. He is... uh the host at strangeology and if you don't know that podcast then you're living under a rock because it's a very popular one and i also enjoy it and he puts out a lot of like cool information about you know cryptids and like folklore and ancient history kind of because i remember the first time i ever listened to his podcast was like two or three years ago um and he was covering tartaria so Anyways, if you haven't checked out his podcast, you should probably do that. Anyways, so we discussed some of uh, Jeff's early um, like childhood and stuff about, you know, some of his strange, strange encounters. He did. He, he encountered something uh, what he think is thinks is a UFO. Well, actually, it's pretty positive. It's a, it was some sort of UFO. Definitely not human. Um. And his bro- his brother was present and his brother just acted like nothing was happening. And then years and years later, come to find out his brother was very well aware <laughs> of, of those lights. So, um, yeah. And he tells a, a story about, um, you know, a family in Palmyra, Maine that were uh, plagued by, you know, dogmen type creatures. Um, so he tells that story. It's a good story. Um but yeah, no, I really enjoyed, you know, talking to Jeff and I hope I hope I get to have him on again for for something of some kind. Um, but yeah, he's a good dude. Uh so show him some love. Um his birthday was just last week, so he just turned 21, so you got to send him some some uh some donations for his 21st birthday. I'm just kidding. Um but no, yeah, go check out his stuff. Uh his link tree is in his bio. Uh, on Instagram, uh, you can find them at strange.ology on Instagram. You can, uh, I believe strangeology.com is his website. Um, but regardless, I'm going to put his link tree in the show notes. So, uh, please show him some love. Um, also if you like today's episode, please like follow, share and subscribe. That is the best way to help this show grow. 
Also go check out the website um, where the weird ones are podcast.com. You can find the merch store there, the blog um, chat room, but the chat room is to get the path. It has is password block. So to get the password, you have to become a Patreon member. Um, and then what else is in there? I think that's it. I mean, there's pictures of people wearing the merch, um, and stuff like that. Uh, April 13th, I will be in Hamlet, North Carolina at Encounter Quest. I will be vending some fucking hot sauce. And my, uh, I had the, uh, label made up for the hot sauce. It's pretty fucking dope. And it's right here if you want to check it out. I like it. I like this. I like this a lot. All right. Um, but anyways, what else? Oh, 40 infest, um, is June 8th. I will also be vending there, selling my hot sauce there as well as t-shirts. Um, so go check that out. So, uh, go to encounter quest, uh, dot com for tickets to encounter quest in Hamlet, North Carolina, go to 40 and fest on Facebook, uh, to get your tickets for that. And on June 8th, right here in Sanford, Maine at the Memorial gym, uh, the paranormal five have organized this and I cannot wait. I'm super excited. I will be at other events throughout the spring and summer and fall. Um, but we'll see. I'm going to have to be a little selective with having a newborn. So, um, but I tend to get to as many as I possibly can this year. Um, a lot more than I, I did the, in 2023. Cause I only went to, I only went to three. Well, I went to four technically. Cause I went to one in Maine right here in Maine. Cause it was fucking easy. It was only like two hours away. Um, but I went to Squonkapalooza. I'm not sure if I'm going to go to Squonkapalooza this year, but I am thinking about it. But if you guys are in the area of Hamlet, North Carolina on April 13th, please come say hi. Um, if you're in the area of Sanford, Maine on June 8th, also please come say hi. Um, and that's all I got for you is today's. Um, but yeah, yeah. It was a it was a rough week last week. Um, didn't sleep well, but it's all good in the it's all good in the hood. Um, I don't think I have a random fact for you this week. Because uh, I was gonna start doing random facts, I just can't think of one off the top of my head. Which I was gonna, I was trying to, I was trying to kill time. Like I was trying to stall a little bit so I could try and think of a random fact that I know, but nothing's coming to my fucking brain right now. So, you know what? Again, show Jeff some love. Like, follow, share, subscribe. Leave a comment and a review. Um, five stars, I would uh, appreciate it. But obviously, you give me whatever you uh, feel I deserve. Um, but uh, a, a review, I would love a review. <clears throat> and I'll read them on here. Um, also, you can rate and review the show through the website if you want to do it that way. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is 
episode 89, Strange Lights with Jeff Foreman. They're coming to get you, Barbara. party people i am here with jeff from strangeology podcast jeff how's it going man i'm doing well how are you doing fantastic i know we just asked each other how we each other was doing just a little (laughs) bit ago before we started recording but um for the sake of uh the podcast uh but um if you don't mind for the people that don't know you, which I find it hard a little, a little hard to believe being in this in the same realm that people don't haven't come across your podcast. But just in case there is any of them out there, if you don't mind uh, letting them know who you are and what it is you do. Yeah. So, well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, stoked to be here. And so I'm Jeff. Uh, I run Strangeology, uh, the host of the Strange ology podcast i also have uh multiple social media presences on youtube uh, instagram tiktok you name it i'm everywhere i talk about cryptids conspiracies the paranormal ancient mysteries the strange and unexplained in a nutshell so it's uh, a lot of fun and i'm stoked to <laughs> to chat and uh, get into a whole bunch of weird topics yeah man yeah so um i think the first ever uh pod uh episode that i heard of yours was on tartaria and i find that whole like theory and the conspiracy revolving around it like super interesting um and i think you were on the confession uh tony merkel had you on the confessionals to talk about it and then i was like i was like i just heard this guy talking somewhere where did where does this guy sound familiar and then i realized you know you know, who you were and, and everything. So what, what was it that got you, uh, interested in, you know, following this path of jumping on the, the podcast train? Well, um, I guess my story is probably similar to a lot of people who are into all things Fortean. When I was mm. a young kid, I would always find myself, gravitating towards books in the school library, which was kind of funny that like the school library when I was in fifth and sixth grade had these books, but books on UFOs and Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster, all these like really old books from like the fifties and sixties and seventies. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a kid of the eighties and nineties. So, you know, probably dating myself a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> you know, when I was in sixth grade, I wrote a a report on Nessie and how I was like, maybe it's uh, some kind of relic 
plesiosaur dinosaur that survived the the big extinction 65 million years ago or something like that uh <laughs> but yeah i always found myself gravitating towards the subject matter uh i used to love watching shows like sightings and um later on like monster quest or ufo hunters and stuff in in the early 2000s and it was always just something that was there that i would love to look into every once in a while and after the pandemic started in 2020 i had uh worked at a job for close to 13 years and unfortunately it was like a, a perfect storm and I was already kind of like, you know, maybe thinking about looking for other stuff already to do. Uh, I just started a family and uh, just got a house. <laughs> and so at the beginning of the pandemic, I got let go from my job. Um, and so I was just kind of trying to figure out what to do, looking for work. And I decided to start a Instagram to pass the time. I would notice every once in a while things would pop up on my feed that were like Mothman or Bigfoot and this conspiracy or that conspiracy. And I was just like, huh, you know, that sounds like kind of fun. Maybe I can do that. So I came up with the name Strangeology one day, just thinking <laughs> and uh, threw a logo together, uh, a background in graphic design. Uh, so I threw all that together myself and just kind of started posting and people started following the account and it just kept kind of snowballing. And by the end of the year of 2020, I had uh, made friends and acquaintances in the community who also had podcasts. And what I was doing with Strangeology at the time was kind of doing uh, picture carousel posts, like informational uh, little factoids on different cryptids or strange stories and happenings. And I really loved getting into the nitty gritty and the details of all these different stories. And I figured that a podcast format would be really good for doing that. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to start a podcast. And so at the end of 2020 um, is when I, I launched the very first episode. And now we're just about 60 episodes in, uh, you know, try to go on a biweekly uh, release, but sometimes life schedule gets a little wacky, so it's hard to keep up sometimes, but it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, I last year, um, was it last year or was it 2022? Jeez, I can't remember now, but, um, I think it was 2022. I, I decided to start putting a lot more effort into, uh, video content creation as well. And that, uh, has been a lot of fun and has, really catapulted a lot of my social media to a lot of people, which has been awesome and, and, and super fun. But yeah, that's kind of uh, the history of Strangeology <laughs> and how it started. <laughs> well, I got to say, man, I, I I like the name is is really good. And the um, the logo that you made is amazing. Um, and then so uh, I have my friend David. I don't know if you um will recall his Instagram because I'm pretty sure he follows you. Um, but it's uh, down the rabbit hole. Um, and he, he, I was talking to him. Uh, shoot. I think like, I think it had to be like right after I had coordinated a date with you. 
and because I knew he followed you. And I was like, oh, I got Jeff from Strangeology because he was asking. He's like, who, who, what, what guests do you have lined up? And I was telling him a bunch, of, a couple of them. And I was like, oh, and a Jeff from Strangeology is going to be on. Um, he's like, oh, man. He goes, that guy's reels are on point. He's like, <laughs> I love that guy. He's like, he's like, if I could make reels the way that he make makes them, he's like, I'd probably be just as good as him and stuff like that. And I was like, well, uh, let me, I'll ask him how he makes his reels. So. <laughs> What do you use for your reels? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. So, um, you know, going back to like my my uh, previous life as a professional graphic designer, I also had like a little bit of knowledge uh, from back in the college days uh, of video editing. And so I, I kind of knew how to put some stuff together and I, I work worked exclusively using like Adobe Photoshop and stuff like that and uh, some of the other uh programs as well. Um, but Adobe Premiere is what I use uh, to do all of my video right. editing. When I was first starting to blow up on TikTok, I was using the in-app editor and I hated it because <laughs> you can't really yeah. get in there and do like fine edits and like add different effects or, you know, really customize it to the, the way you want it to be. So that's what I, that's what I use. <laughs> and okay. it's, yeah, there's a little bit of a learning curve to, to the program and there's other apps out there that can do similar things for sure. But that's just kind of what I know <laughs> from, from years of, of working in this kind of stuff. Perfect. Perfect. So, um, I, 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 we are in the same, uh, area kind of sort of, we're both, uh, in new England. Uh, so did you guys get a lot of snow this, uh, last week? Yeah. Yeah. We, um, I think we got close to a foot and right wow. before that we didn't have anything, everything melted because right before Christmas we did have, I think about six inches of snow where I am mm -hmm. and, um, it warmed up to like 60 degrees and everything melted and the town that I'm in flooded. And it also flooded over the mm -hmm. summer during a period where we had like four days of sustained rain. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that wasn't very fun, but I, it, thankfully it wasn't as bad as it was uh, over the summer, but yeah, no, but we have snow again and uh, I think we're supposed to be getting more snow uh this weekend, maybe I'm not sure. <laughs> Sometimes okay. it starts snowing and it's not even in the forecast. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Typ typical New England you. weather, you know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like it was uh, uh, below 20 degrees the other day. And then today is like almost 50 and we've lost because we got here. We got almost uh, eight around eight inches and now it's almost all gone. Oh, wow. Um, and then <laughs> Hampton. Wild. Yeah, Hampton, uh, New Hampshire is like uh, less than an hour away from me, maybe like a half an hour, 40 minutes. Yeah. And that was completely underwater this at the beginning of this week. Wow. Like almost the entire town. That's uh, wild. So that, yeah. it's uh, And then I think Old Orchard Beach, too, was underwater, a lot of it. So, Jeez. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of flooding going on, I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I saw some videos um, online um yesterday of uh i think it was hampton actually where just the whole 
oceanfront was just like, yeah, not, yeah. not good. Not yeah. good. <laughs> so, uh, so Jeff, uh, curious, um, have you ever had any paranormal experiences? Um, and if so, um, what would, uh, what would you recall being the earliest, uh, experience you've ever had? Oh, the earliest experience. Uh, well, to answer your question, first off, yes, I, I have, uh, had multiple, uh, experiences with the paranormal in my life. Um, things that I, I've thought about and tried to debunk in my head, but I haven't been able to explain, uh, ever, mm. <laughs> but I would say the first, um, Gosh, one of the first experiences I had was probably when I was about seven or eight years old and I was hanging out in the living room of the house I grew up in, uh, which was on five acres on top of a hill in the woods in a uh, population, a town with a population of 3000 people in uh, rural Vermont. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we had neighbors nearby, but you know, uh, and I was just watching cartoons kind of winding down for the night. And I hear my mom from the kitchen say like, Jeff, it's time to brush your teeth and go to bed. And I'm like, okay. So I, uh, turned off the TV and you know, uh, this was what mid mid nineties. And early mid nineties. And we had one of those big old CRT TVs that weighs 200 pounds <laughs> yeah. in the living room, which, you know, you turn those off, they have afterglow. If anyone out there remembers that. And, mm -hmm. uh, I turned off the TV and it was on, I don't know, some kind of Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry, something like that, that I was watching. And I looked at the TV after I hit the remote to turn it off. And there was this face in the TV of an old man um, with glasses, male pattern baldness, just kind of looking at me. And I was just like, that's weird. I'm going to leave the room now and not acknowledge that's there. <laughs> kind of like if you saw it, no, you didn't type of thing. And years later, I remember looking through photo albums and seeing pictures of my grandfather uh, and my dad's dad. And it looked just like the guy that was the face that was on the TV. Wow. And my grandfather, I never got to meet him. He passed away um, from cancer uh, about three months after I was born. And um, so you know, part of me wonders, like, was that him? Maybe he was just kind of checking in or something like that. I'm not sure. But yeah, that was probably one of the the first, if not the first, but one of the earliest uh, memories I have of, of experiencing something that I couldn't really explain. Um, and that house had a lot of other weird happenings going on at it too. Um, if I can, I can share a few more if you'd like. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it's, um, really, uh, comforting to like, just think that it was, you know, your grandfather too. Uh, but like, I think it's cause my sister has a similar experience where she saw 
uh, what she thought was me sitting next to her in the screen of the TV when we were kids. Interesting. When she had shut it off. And then huh. she like turns to look and I'm not sitting there. Like she had a lot of like doppelganger um, experiences throughout her life. Um, she's she was co-hosting this show with me for a little bit, but she had a baby and stuff like that. So um, it got she was always like, um, I'm tired. And then I was, and then I do this show late, too. And she's like and I'm like, it's at seven o'clock. She's like, I will probably be sleeping. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'll just let you do your thing. If you ever want to come on, just let me know. So yeah, for sure. But, yeah, it, but <laughs> I think it's uh, um, I think it's really uh, cool to think that it was your grandfather, even if it might may not have been. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was uh, yeah, there were there were some other experiences in that house. Uh, my my oldest sister used to like to play with Ouija boards and oh boy yeah <laughs> and i remember there was there was one time where her and my brother were messing around with it one afternoon and they you know i go back and forth on whether or not it's uh you know some kind of subconscious thing moving the planchette or if there is actually something paranormal going on but i'm a little kid at the time and i'm like <laughs> i know that like Ouija boards aren't to be like disrespected or, or messed around with. You need to be careful with what you're doing with them. And they were, I guess, contacting an entity that said it was my grandfather, you know, going back to my grandfather, but I wasn't sure. Oh, but that, that night at dinner time, uh, we got a phone call and my parents were always like, you know, let the phone ring at dinner or nobody call us at dinner. And I think my, my sister went to go pick up the phone and there was like no one on the line. And then a couple minutes later, she went to go answer it again. And she was like, I don't know. I think we're like being pranked or something. And then a couple more times went by and I was like, I'm going to run and answer the phone. And you know, I'm around the same age, like seven, eight, nine years old. And I go pick up the phone and I'm like, hello. <laughs> and this like weird, ghostly, like frail sounding voice comes through um, that was asking for somebody in the house that didn't live there. There's nobody in my family named that. It was really bizarre. So I just like hung up the phone. And I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> like that, that could have been like a prank. I don't know. Uh, but it was, it was bizarre, especially like in connection with the usage of the Ouija board earlier that day. So yeah. <laughs> um, Hey everyone, it's me, Stephanie, the hostess of the Macabre Family Podcast. Join me and my whole Macabre family every week as we tell you all the tales of spooky, kooky, creepy, freaky, hairy, you name it, we got it at the Macabre Family Podcast. Join us every week on all listening platforms. Stay spooky. And then the 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 house itself had a presence in it. Um, there was, there, there were times where you would be alone in the house and this would happen even until like my teenage years where you'd be walking around at the house um, and you'd feel like something was following you or watching you. 
And incidentally, my, I never experienced this, but my brother and my, my father, uh, both told me that they had experienced waking up in the middle of the night with their bedroom being like ice cold, typical Mm -hmm. introduction of paranormal phenomena in that kind of scenario. Right. And their bed was shaking or respective beds. (laughs) They didn't share it. Yeah. And my dad told me one time he woke up in the middle of the night and the bed was shaking and I don't remember if he turned on a light or something like that, but he could like see the breath because it was so cold and like that house was always warm, <laughs> you know? And in that in particular time, he heard a voice say his name and it wasn't my mom or any of my siblings. I think all my siblings at the time had moved out and lived in college or whatever. And that, you know, definitely threw him for a loop for sure. And I think it happened a few times, but eventually I think my dad came to the conclusion that whatever this entity, the spirit was, was kind of, it wasn't malevolent. It was more kind of like, it just wanted to mess around. Um, and got tricks play, play tricks. Thing. Yeah. 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 And he had this theory that the previous home owner, the house was built in the seventies. So it wasn't an old house, but the, the man who built the house, his son had graduated um, from high school and died in a motorcycle accident like a month later. Uh, I don't know what year it was. I think it was, I think it was probably like the late seventies because my family moved into the house in 85. Um, and he had this theory that whatever this spirit was may have been the son um, that had been, you know, still connected with the house and may have wanted to hang around. But one time, the final time, I guess that anything ever happened, my dad actually acknowledged the entity and was like, Hey, I don't want to play anymore. Like this needs to stop. Like I have work in the morning. Come on. (laughs) And and it stopped apparently. So yeah. uh, That was just a a weird thing. I'm glad I never experienced that because that would have definitely (laughs) freaked me out more so than, you know, but um, there was uh, another time where we had a, I think this was when I was a teenager where I remember waking up one morning and going out into the living room and we had uh, like a fireplace in the living room that had a mantle over it. And there was this like big portrait that was like a scene, like a nature scene with some like ducks flying in it. And uh, I always stayed up later than my parents and they had gone to bed. Everything was in order in uh, when I went to bed. But when I woke up, I remember coming out into the living room in the morning, like walking to the kitchen to like go get a glass of water. And the painting was laying flat down, like face down on the living room floor. And my mom had a whole bunch of like knickknacks all over the mantle. uh, And none of them were disturbed. The glass, it was like it, um, you know, (laughs) 
I don't know what did it, but <laughs> the portrait had been somehow lifted off of the 45 degree angled nail, which was still there. Wasn't, mm. wasn't like it moved like that. And if that happened, it would have hit the mantle, knocked everything else off and then hit the, uh, the tile that was in front of the fireplace and shattered. It was sitting square on the, the carpet that was beyond the tile, not damaged. It was like something lifted it up, put it down. <laughs> and huh. I was just like, huh, that's something. Um, and not really, that never happened again. So that was just like a weird occurrence. There was another time yeah. where my mother, um, her, her best friend uh, passed away. Um, gosh, uh, I think it was about 25 years ago at this point. And my mom kept a, a picture uh, of her in our kitchen and she put down like uh, a bunch of like, I can't remember what it was. It was like peppers. It was some kind of vegetable in a bowl, like right near her, her, port her portrait. And the next morning her portrait was face down and she hated whatever the vegetables were in the bowl. So it was like, okay, <laughs> maybe she uh, paid a visit and was like, Hey, don't put that stuff in front of my, my picture, please. <laughs> yeah. So That's weird, fine. weird happenings for sure. Um, and I can share one more story from, from that property uh, that is something I definitely cannot explain. So one evening uh, we had a, like an above ground pool in like the early mid nineties. Um, in our backyard and sometimes I would go swimming at night and, uh, or like early evening. And this particular time, my, my mom and her best friend, her late best friend who, who passed away that I just mentioned, they were sitting on the pool deck, chit chatting, smoking cigarettes and stuff. And I was uh, just kind of puttering around the pool and all of a sudden these like bats start dive bombing the pool because there's bugs that, you know, <laughs> that try to get water in the pool and then they just don't <laughs> make it back out. So the, the bats are like coming down for water. Maybe they're trying to get bugs. I don't know. So I'm getting dive bombed and I like keep going underwater. And uh, one of the times I come up, I'm facing the, like the backside of our property, which is just like woods for, gosh, I don't know, a mile or two or something before the next house. And all of a sudden I see this like large beach ball sized warm orange ball of light dart past um, to, as I'm facing the, the backside of the property, like to my left. Uh, and it just kind of like zips through the trees in kind of like a southwesterly direction. And I was like, what the F was that? <laughs> and I didn't really, I was like, okay, I, I didn't really see anything. Right. And I just kind of ignored it in my head, kept on swimming around. And like five minutes later, I surfaced out of the water again. And I'm just kind of like waiting in, in the pool and I'm looking towards like, the southwesterly direction, which is kind of towards where the, the pool deck and the house is and the same exact 
warm orange beach ball light thing comes back from the other direction and it's just like it's this really fast movement movement and somehow it's maneuvering through the trees and you know you you read stories about spook lights and stuff like that uh the will of the wisp type of thing and uh that's the best thing i can equate it to (laughs) you know (laughs) it's like i don't know we had a um a, a very small, like a little swampy area in the back side of the property, which I'm like, oh, is it swamp gas? No, it's not swamp gas. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, we lived around a lot of forest, so maybe it was something to do with that. I, I can't necessarily equate it to being like extraterrestrial. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just like a, a really really weird thing that that happened there never happened again but (laughs) that's interesting so i've had um i've talked to two people now you make the third um that have seen an orange ball of some of light uh, of some kind um just roaming around the woods uh well this woman, Victoria, her, uh, she was in Texas. She lives in Texas, and her and her husband um, saw the an orange ball in the sky. And then this um, guy, this gentleman, Shane, in North Carolina, I believe, he saw, like, several uh, orange balls, like, basically just, like, in unison um, following each other through the woods. Interesting. He, like he was so like captivated by what he was seeing. Like he felt like really good. Like it was like, it was a nice warm feeling when he saw it and he got it, he stopped his car, he got out and he just watched them and they're just like floating by him. And then they just go, they just go right out into the woods following each other. And then they're gone. And he's just like, Whoa, <laughs> like, you didn't get a video. He's like, no, He's like, you don't, do you ever experience anything and think to pull out your phone? And I was like, no, I, I've never experienced something. And <laughs> I was like, immediately, I need my phone. Um, but yeah, no, that's it. I've, I mean, on the show so far, those are the only other two, but I've heard so many stories of these orange balls. And that's, that's, that, so this was all on the same property. All yes. The stories that you just told. Yes. <laughs> Surprised me. And I'll were they, like, yeah. Yeah. And that was it also in Vermont? Yes. Yes. So um, my first paranormal experience ever was in Lancaster, Vermont. We lived in a trailer out there on the on a side of a mountain. I can't remember what mountain it was, but okay. um, we were out there and I, I saw shadow people um, and I, I my sister saw she said it was a witch. Yeah. Um. And then I was like, oh, this this girl's crazy. You know, my dad's in there trying to um, uh, comfort her and all this stuff. And I was just like, oh, she's crazy. She doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> and then I walk into my room and these two figures just go Phew, right by my window. And I was just like, uh, what the hell was that? And oh, wow. like, the trailer sat up pretty tall. So like if somebody was just walking around the property or around the house, like you wouldn't be able to see them from the window just because we were so high up. Yeah. So like I was like that, that they were flying. So I, was, I just, <laughs> I, I like to say they were just two witches going, hee hee hee. 
flying by the window <laughs> on their on their brooms. That's so that's funny. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it, it it's interesting. I've I've have you ever heard? So I've heard something about Lancaster. I don't know if it's Vermont, but if people just are because. I mentioned that I lived in Lancaster, Vermont, and everybody's, uh, I think, not everybody, but somebody said something about, like, a witch, the Lancaster witch or something like that, and I don't know if that's actually Vermont or if they're just thinking it's Vermont because of Lancaster. Do you know anything about, like, a Lancaster witch or something? You know, I'm actually, I'm not very, uh, I'm not familiar with that story. That's going to have to be something I I look up. Um I do know that uh, part of the the New England vampire panic from the late 1800s is very well connected with some communities in like the the southern part of the state. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, you know, speaking speaking of that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, uh, I I'm not familiar with that story. Huh. There's there's so much in okay. in New England that that. There. Um, you can look into and and I know I know I know some things, but I feel like I've only you know li- living in this area for so many decades. I, uh, there's I feel like I've only scratched the surface. <laughs> right. Yeah. Same. Same here. Like um and the, and I started my my podcast just because I wanted to talk to people about the weird stuff and I didn't really know a lot of the weird stuff. So like I went to my first um <laughs> my first event. And I didn't know like any of the, who the speakers are and everybody that I, that like that I had became friends with through the podcast. So like there was these two people, uh, Oren and Jenny that I met there and um, Oren was like in awe about uh, Ron Moorhead. And I didn't know who Ron Moorhead was at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I, I'm still like new and learning, um, learning things. So now that I know who Ron Moorhead is, now I wish I would have got a picture with him while I was uh, there. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, um, that happens. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it. I love learning uh the the things uh about all of this stuff. And actually, you, I, I reference your your podcast a lot for for some of the stuff. Um. Right on. Uh, I was doing research on the Nahani Valley and you did a episode on that. So I had, I listened to that and got a lot of information through that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that whole place is, is wild. And the stories that have, have come out of there, it's really quite interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so they, there's stories of Wendigos like in, the new England area, like up Maine, uh, New Hampshire and stuff. And I want to say that there is said to be similar entities or the same entity of, uh, Wendigos in Vermont. Have you ever come across any Wendigo stories from your area? I haven't come across Wendigo stories per se. I have heard people mentioning Maine. Um, and, my understanding of the the folklore be, behind that is that you know they're typically found in colder climates, and I would say that you know <laughs> Maine Perfect. fits it pretty perfectly. I know that you know a <laughs> yeah. lot of that the Algonquin lore around the Great, the Great Lakes area is kind of like the 
up up in well up into Canada as well as like the prime the prime spot for it. But sometimes people do talk about sightings or encounters or you know stories of them uh, in the, our neck of the woods. But I I don't uh, I I don't know that I'm familiar with Wendigo stories in Vermont, but I am familiar with um, people encountering. Uh, Bigfoot or, or or Dogman in Vermont, uh, which the, the Dogman part kind of I only found out <laughs> after I started uh, doing strangeology, uh, and yeah. um, a researcher who is uh, and a content creator who's based in in New Hampshire actually had mentioned it to me, um, and I looked into it, and it's there's stories that are. <laughs> not not too far from where I live right now, <laughs> which I'm like, oh, oh boy, <laughs> okay. Um, and so, the, like the uh, the story behind the Dogman one is, uh, some people are calling it the the Beast of Cold Hollow, and Cold Hollow. This area is kind of near like Enosburg, which isn't where I live. That's like a couple hours away from me. But there was a woman within I think the last like 10 to 15 years who had started to hear strange, like howling at night and wolves haven't been in this part of the, the country for like over a hundred years. Although I think some are starting to make their way across Canada because they were reintroduced. Um, And there, I, I've seen a koi dog before, which is like a hybrid between like a coyote and a dog, or maybe a coyote and a wolf. I, I don't know, but I remember driving home late one night uh, years ago and seeing one run across the road, and it was huge. And I remember also when I was in uh, like the sixth grade or something, um, the class, my class took a field trip down to. Uh, first of all, we, we went to uh, Salem, Massachusetts, which was cool. Got to go to the, the Witch Museum. Uh, right. Cool piece of history there. And we also went to this wolf sanctuary in the town of Ipswich. And this family had all this all this acreage. And they had a bunch of like a, a wolf pack that were, that were like rescues, I think. Um, they'd feed them like roadkill <laughs> so they could have their natural raw diet. Uh, although, you know, can't really hunt roadkill, but those things are huge. They're, they're really big animals. Um, and they'll mess you up, you know, but Absolutely. there's stories of, of dogman type creatures in Vermont. Uh, and there was some video, I think it's, it's on YouTube still, but there was, uh, this woman had recorded the sounds of this thing howling near her house. And I think she actually caught some kind of video and where you can kind of see through the trees of, it looks like a wolf head. You can't really tell if it's like a dog man, but there's definitely an animal there that has a, a wolf like head, um, which is really interesting. But the, the story that, that took place near, where I live in Vermont uh, was like an old story from like the late 1800s, early 1900s, where some lumberjacks were out in um, 
it's this area is now called um i think it's like uh, the groton state park or something like that um and there's a lake there now there's like a I went to a, a Cub Scout camp out out in that way <laughs> when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, which knowing this now, I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> but <laughs> there's a story where this uh, this pair of lumberjacks were like out there. They were um, they got separated in the woods, I guess, and one of them went missing. And then he finally like showed up like a day or two later, and he was just like insane. And he was talking about like seeing this this wolf creature a lugaru or rugaru um and some of the theories were that like maybe a werewolf or something had come over to quebec and traveled down <laughs> into vermont you know it's like these wild wild stories um of, of that kind of thing so yeah yeah no wendigos but uh that i'm aware of but you know bigfoot um Dogman stories. Uh, it's interesting that they're, you know, you, you don't think Vermont really has much going on. Obviously, there's Champ in Lake Champlain, although I've had so many people like get mad at me because <laughs> I have uh, I have a merch shop and I designed this 50 states of cryptids map, uh, cryptids and legends, and I did champ for vermont and anytime i'm at a festival and a new yorker comes by they're like no that's our cryptid i'm like well we can share (laughs) the the champ museums in burlington vermont get over it now (laughs) yeah yeah it is (laughs) and the mancy photo sandra mancy was in vermont when she took the photo of champ back in the 70s so there you go (laughs) so boo yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's funny um i have a and I have a uh, story that I'm pretty sure it was a dog man, but I, I don't know because I can't tell. But it, it was com- uh, accompanied by uh, a pack of coyotes. And I was living in Shapley, Maine at the time. And there was always coyotes in my yard and stuff. And yeah. I just saw red glowing eyes and had that like impending doom feeling. And just like as soon as I felt that feeling, because my dog, I had woken up that night to my dogs barking at the coyotes. Yeah. And there was one that was limping in my driveway, pretending to be like hurt. And I had my, I turned my light on for it. And I was contemplating going out. And then I just saw the eye, the glowing eyes. And I was just like, uh, and it was like right over, it was right above a boulder that was in the, you know, how like all of new England has these rock walls that, you know, separate properties in the, like the rural areas. Yep. Well, that, that was what it was. And it was this huge boulder and the boulder was like about my height, a little bit taller than me. And the eyes were just above it. And, um, I was just like, what the hell? I've never seen anything, anything like that. Wow. And as, and I just got this impending doom, just like a, this severe sense of dread. And I sh- shut the light off. That coyote that was pretending to be hurt just like turns around, runs away. And um, I was like, oh, that thing wasn't hurt. So I turned and I got my rifle and I sat my dogs in, and instantly. Like as soon as I got that feeling, my dog stopped, stopped barking and trying to get outside. Yeah. And I sat on my couch with my rifle expecting something to try and get in the house. And uh, my dogs just sat there with me. And then I <laughs> I ended up waking up the next morning like this. And I was like, oh, my neck. 
<laughs> you know, because I was way too scared to leave the uh, the open, you know, living room to like a, a confined room. You know what I mean? Because the living room was so big that I could like find some kind of escape. There was a window, there was a back door, the front door, whichever way it decided to come in, I was going to be able to to escape. So, yeah, um, I didn't attribute at the time. I didn't attribute it to a dog man. I just didn't know what it was. And then I think it was 2020 when I actually started listening to podcasts and I came across paranormal podcasts and stuff like that. And I started like 2020 was the first time I ever heard of Dogman. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was just like, and the more stories I listened to uh, Dogman encounters, I'm like, you know what? I think that may have been a Dogman or wow. of, of some kind. So super, super interesting. In a world where the ordinary meets the extraordinary, prepares a journey beyond the veil of reality to uncover secrets that defy explanation. Welcome to a Dead Letter Podcast, where we delve into the mysterious and unexplained phenomena that have fascinated humans for centuries. In each episode, we will explore some of the most intriguing and spine-tingling aspects of the paranormal world. But beware, for the line between reality and the supernatural it's thinner than you think. Will you dare to listen? Are you familiar with the Palmyra Wolfpack story? No, I am not. Yeah. Well, first off, I want to I want to mention yeah, to anyone who's never heard coyotes at night. It's a really unsettling sound. It, that it in really and is. of itself, but seeing some kind of red glowing eyes that are above a a boulder that's maybe what over six feet <laughs> tall. That's, yes. Yes. That's uh that's a little bit concerning. Um the I did an episode on the Palmyra Wolf Pack and in Palmyra, Maine, and there's this story of a family who had bought an old farmhouse on this property that was just surrounded by woods. There was one very long driveway in and out, and it was just surrounded by this this crazy thick forest that, you know, it was very, very isolated. And it was a, a husband and wife that, that moved in there. I think they had a son, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I, I did the episode, <laughs> but they lived there for a while and they just kind of wanted to have this quiet country life. And the husband and his wife loved to go out on their, their covered porch, uh, every night to, you know, have a beverage and just kind of settle down for the evening. And after they had lived there for, um, gosh, I want to say it was like six or, or nine months or something. I don't think it had been a year quite, uh, yet. And they, um, he was out there one evening and he noticed, um, something was like, rustling out in the woods and he grabbed his son and they went out to go um, investigate because they didn't know if it was like a person that was trespassing or, or what was going on. And I believe it was in the winter, if I remember correctly. And they go out and they're trying to like make their way into the forest. And I think they, they must've had like at least 
like 500, 700 feet of like open pasture before you hit the, the forest, the tree line. And they're in there. They can hear that there's like something big moving around and they can't quite see through the forest because it's just like so thick and overgrown and there's snow and like they they have their flashlights but they don't really they can't see anything except that they hear something that starts flanking them like through the trees and it's following their movement so eventually they decide to head back to the house nothing else happens that evening but a few months later the um the husband is on the uh the porch and uh back up just a second the husband had a collection of guns this is very important that his wife didn't like like him having in the house <laughs> and they had a big barn and so she was like you have to store those out in the in the in the barn and like keep them locked up <laughs> that'll come into play later but so um he he's out on the porch one evening uh and i think this is like the spring at this point and he sees out in the pasture what looks to be like four or five dogs, like big dogs, maybe coyotes. He's not quite sure what they are. And he's just kind of looking at them and he can tell that they're kind of looking towards the house at him. And I can't remember um, all the details, but one of them stands up on two legs and he's just like, Oh no. <laughs> and he yeah. runs into the house and he's like yelling to his wife, like, ah, lock all the doors and like the windows. There's like something out there. And eventually they're like waiting in the house and they hear these things come up to the house and they come up on the covered porch. They're walking around, sniffing around. They're scratching at like, the walls to see if there's like any kind of weak point and they they go up to their upstairs and they have these like thin <laughs> uh because you know what do you need curtains for if you're surrounded by the woods but they have like you know thin um curtains like uh sheer curtains that you can kind of see through yeah and they they cover them but they're they're like hiding upstairs and trying to be quiet because they're like there's like some big animals out there that are like up to no good and all of a sudden they hear a, like a crash on the covered porch roof which leads up to the you know the second floor and the windows are right there it's one of these things it jumped up and it starts walking around and they see its silhouette wa go by like the window in their bedroom and they're just like you know oh. trying to stay silent and i think it eventually goes back down um and the husband is like you know we either gotta get out of here or like i need to go get my guns out of the barn so we can have something to protect ourselves with and they wait for a while until like all the rustling and, and sound has stopped they think the animals whatever these things are have given up and they have wandered back into the woods and so he's like okay I'm going to go make a run for the barn, which is like across their like big gravel driveway parking lot type of area where they park their cars. And he's making his way out there. And I think they had like a, a motion detector light. Uh, and 
he trips it so like lights up where he is and he's almost to the barn door like fumbling with his keys <laughs> and all of a sudden he stops and he can see like five pairs of red eyes just beyond the light in the shadow all staring him down and he's just like oh god <laughs> and then he like turns around and just books it back to the house and locks the door and these things come back and they're like scratching around again and just like they waited out till the morning and thankfully whatever they were had disappeared but when they went outside they could see that like their house was physically damaged by like something clawing at the clapboard on the outside and there were footprints and stuff and uh you know i think this the story went that like they sold the house but it's you know it's it's unknown exactly where it was you know how how legit the story was but from you know stories i've read testimony and stuff uh, uh shout out to i'm not sure if you know aaron deese uh he's put uh put out a book and he's putting out another book through small town monsters publishing uh he his first book was the the dogman triangle in texas where there's been so many sightings of these these dogmen type creatures <laughs> and uh you know like people people are seeing something that's not bigfoot out there um that's uh, -huh. uh i would say on an order of magnitude more terrifying because you know these things seem seem quite uh dangerous and mean <laughs> you know and also terrifying <laughs> yeah. looking right you know like you don't want to yeah. mess with some six seven eight foot tall clawed beast with uh, a set of a mouthful of steak knives you know so yeah for sure for sure uh that story sounds sort of some similar um so maybe it's the same story but uh, uh my friend nomar slavic um uh, he uh, he yeah i know nomar a, i've met him yeah, before yeah he's writing a he's writing something on it i think i think that might be what he's because he sent it to me in an email ah. um because I, I i know he's he he posted something on instagram about you know uh a dog man pack so i'm assuming that that that's the same story and it sounds like what you just described but the very um, male very well might be <laughs> yeah 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 no more is a good guy too yeah um, yeah i went to uh up. 40 infest uh, back in, I think it was 2021 now, um, Paranormal 5, the folks from Paranormal yes. 5, you just had them on. Uh, yep. They they hosted it. I think they're doing it again um, this spring, maybe? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, June, June 8th. I'm oh, going to be vending there. Nice. Yeah. Good times. So, good times. Yeah, they're good people too, man. Yeah, for so sure. So what, what'd you... What'd you think about Sanford when you came down to 40 infest? Oh, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, 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 any other new England town, I suppose. Uh, uh, <laughs> it, it was nice because the, the other events that I, I had gone to vend at before were very long drives. I had gone to West Virginia for some Kentucky 
and it was nice to have like a two hour drive <laughs> to go to one. Um, I will yeah. say though, that the, the white the Sasquatch calling contest festival in Whitehall, New York is super fun too. It's also very close, um, which is just like a big old craft fair. And, uh, it's, Bigfoot themed and they have like a calling contest yeah. at the end of the day, right down on the river. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a super fun time for sure. <laughs> nice. Nice. Do you, uh, do you have, a, a an idea of when, uh, the next one is, um, let's see, I'm working on doing more events this year. Um, but Good. I think the first one I'm doing is the Withville UFO uh, festival down in Virginia. And I think that's actually the weekend of June, June 8th, <laughs> actually, I think. Um, oh. and I'll be at, um, monster fest in Canton, Ohio, which is, uh, at the end of June, uh, yep. I'm going to be doing Squonkapalooza in Pennsylvania, uh, which is nice. August. I think it's late August. Um, and I'll be doing the Whitehall, uh, Sasquatch calling fest again, and I'm working out uh, a few other ones, but nothing else is confirmed quite yet. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I have so far I only have two that I'm I'm vending, but I am going to uh, the Monster Fest in in Canton. Oh, cool! Ohio. See you there just, then. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. And I'm hoping to see uh, Alex Petikoff too. Oh, Alex uh, is great. Meet him in person. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I'm also going, I'm going to try, I don't know if I'm 100% sure. Cause I went to Squonkapalooza this past year. So I want to go again. Nice. Um, and that's, I, I met, a, a, you know, a lot of cool people down there too. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, the traveling, the traveling is a lot, but it's so much fun once you're there Yeah. and stuff. And it's, um, it's almost worth it. But at the same time, I'm just like, now I got to drive all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get almost a little case of like the blues on the way back. Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. if you're vending and you're, and you're, you're selling merchant stuff, like it's doesn't make sense yeah. to fly. It's like, fly no drive get a van or something like that i want to get a van someday but because <laughs> i have a lot yeah, of merch want, that i always I, bring <laughs> yeah 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 i see i see uh um i see that you have quite a bit of things going on for your merch um but so have you ever had like an experience where you thought that maybe you could attribute to being like a cryptid sighting of yeah. some kind. Yeah. Yeah. So actually like going back to the house I grew up in, um, it wasn't on my property. It was on a neighbor's property in the woods. I was, uh, I used to like to like run around cause they have this really steep, um, embankment, um, on one side of their property. And I used to like to go there and just kind of like, pull myself up on like tree roots that were exposed and, and just kind of, uh, mess around and they, they didn't care. But there was one time where I was out there with one of my friends growing up and we were just kind of tooling around in the woods. And all of a sudden we came up to this tree and we saw this thing that was kind of hanging off of it like this. And it was like looking down at us and, we didn't know what it was. It was kind of brown. It was maybe like, I don't know, this big. And it had these huge 
huge eyes and um, like human primate simian type of hands. And we had no idea what this thing was. And it was just kind of looking at us and we freaked out and we, we bolted. We we're just like, what the hell is that thing? It's a monster. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, it was probably like 10 or 11 or something like that. And we went back later and it was gone. There wasn't anything hanging off that tree. And it most certainly like the only wildlife that we really had regularly in the area that climbed trees were squirrels um, and raccoons. And that was about it, but it definitely wasn't either of those. Uh, <laughs> and it wasn't a bear. It wasn't like a bear cub or anything. Uh, we would have been in big trouble if it was a bear cub. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, I think there was one sure. time in, in the entire time that I lived at, at that house in that town, there was like one bear, one black bear that came through our front lawn one day. My brother actually caught it on camera. <laughs> um, but that was like the, the only time. And years later, you know, I was like, this thing is like a weird cryptid. I don't know like what it was, but I was um, checking out the, are you familiar with the band, the Mars Volta? Or at uh, the, no. Okay. No, uh, so not. the Mars Volta, they're kind of like a, a prog rock, psych rock type of band that came out of the band at the drive-in and they have this EP where they have this um, kind of mascot logo type of thing that shows a tarsier, which is like a, a simian type of um, primate monkey <laughs> creature. And it looks exactly like that. And I was just like, what? And I looked it up and I'm like, these things don't live in this part of the world. They don't live in New England. They live in like tropical areas around the equator. Uh, I think in like Southeast yeah. Asia, Philippines, Indonesia, type of place um and they're actually a lot smaller they're like they fit in like the palm of your hand they're like very small but they're nocturnal they have these huge eyes and that's like the closest thing i could equate it to and it was just like i don't know if it was an exotic pet that escaped or something but the town that i grew up in was like farmers and uh the people that worked at ibm that <laughs> didn't want to live in the city. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I don't know who would be having a, an exotic primate <laughs> hanging around. Uh, but that's, that's the only like um, thing that I've ever witnessed personally. Um, I, I do know of people who have, have seen uh, things, stories I've read and, and people who have mentioned things to me um, for like, bipeds like bigfoot or dogman type of things but nothing yeah. nothing that i've seen like that personally okay Did, uh so have you ever heard of the agro pelter i've heard of the agro pelter yeah um but i'm not terribly familiar uh with all of the the lore behind it all right so i'll reference my handy dandy handbook that i got here if i can reach it uh, all right so it's uh I, I don't know if you know this gentleman his name's christopher packard it's um mythical creatures of maine ah i'm gonna have so to check it's that like book out. all the yeah it's all the um 
interesting cryptids that have been cited here in Maine. Um, and the actually, Agropelter happens to be the very first one because he does it alphabetically. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, um, but basically, they're they look like a primate. They're in the they're in the trees. Interesting. Uh, so the Agropelter are mean little ape-like creatures with the dangerous habit of throwing dead branches at people who disturb them. Their favorite target seems to be lumberjacks' heads. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> it's, uh, That's curious. Yeah, it's a pre pretty funny uh, thing. There's a lot of, like, uh, um, stories of, uh, you know, woodsmen and, and stuff being out there. And, uh, you know, they, they call them... The, their nickname is the Widowmaker. You know how you, the the branch they call it the branches that are just like stuck in the trees and then yes. fall down and yes. kill people. Yep. Apparently, a lot of the stories attribute the agropelters to have have thrown thrown that. But from the depiction, they don't have really have like big eyes. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. Huh. It's a it's a interesting thing. I mean, if. If th those have been cited in Maine, I mean, it's not a far you, stretch to be, yeah, in Vermont or New Hampshire, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're just gonna go for. Oh, we don't. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm gonna need. Do I need a thumbnail for this? One? I don't know. <clears throat> Are we ready? If you love all things dark, history, and paranormal, you're in the right place. Hi, I'm. What was that? Do you hear that? I'm trying to record the introduction for my brand new YouTube channel and there are noises coming from behind me, which there shouldn't be. Like, I'm completely home alone right now. It's a B&M chair. Cheap LEDs. It's just cardboard boxes. It's a puppy! Hi! And there's also a cat. There are no ghosts. I made it all up. I know, I got you with my good acting. Yeah, no, that's not what we're doing here. Because be real with me, have you ever found yourself four hours into a binge of a ghost hunting show with the shaking night vision camera footage and the wide-eyed ghost hunters screaming at their own shadows thinking, there is absolutely no way this is real. Yeah, me too. And if I'm being totally honest with you, I am more interested in the history of a haunted house and the origins of an urban legend and the actual lived experiences of people that have encountered paranormal activity firsthand rather than watching a group of people filming themselves in a dark room. Now, don't get me wrong, there are some amazing ghost investigators, especially on YouTube, like some of the investigations that I've seen are amazing. And I do absolutely live for a class A EVP or like a terrifying image of a shadow figure. But most of the time, the context and the history make the haunting so much more compelling for me. And if that sounds like a bit of you, then I think we've just become best friends. So you're gonna wanna hit that subscribe button because every week we are gonna be sitting down and swapping ghost stories like a good old sleepover, chatting about all things morbid, mysterious, and macabre. Have you got a paranormal experience that you'd like to share? Or do you know of a haunted location that you'd like me to cover? Please leave me a comment or throw me a DM over on Instagram. You can find me at Don't Scare Claire. I absolutely love hearing all about your encounters with what lies beyond our realm. I cannot wait to get into all the spooky things with you and maybe we might learn a thing or two about some history too. I know, I promise I won't be like your boring history teacher. But until next time, sleep safe. You showing everyone your butthole? Yeah.
That's not stable. I would not lean on that. Okay, we're done. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had uh, one of my old bandmates years ago told me this story. Like when he was in high school, he was um, just walking around on uh, the dirt road that his friend he was like hanging out with friends one night and they decided to like go for a stroll. Like, what do you do when you're <laughs> living in rural Vermont as a teenager? Uh, <laughs> and he told me that like one night they, they heard this like kind of metal jangling up in a tree or something like that. And they saw like the shape of some kind of monkey looking creature up there. So they called it the tin monkey. <laughs> I don't know if he was making that up, but, um, you know, sometimes weird things uh, show up for you at the least expected times that you can't explain. <laughs> That's true. That is, I, I 100% endorse that statement. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so another question I, I like to ask everybody that comes on. I know that so the orange ball of light could be attributed to like a a, a UFO or a ET um, uh, entity, but do you have have you ever seen a UFO or anything that you can attribute to to that? Yeah, I do, I do. Um, I've seen a few strange things in the sky over the years, mostly like uh, weird weird lights or. Uh, objects that seem to be behaving strange or will disappear behind a cloud and then not re reappear <laughs> on the other side. Um, but I would say probably the most um, profound uh, story that I have um, this experience, which has stuck with me ever since uh, happened in 1997. Uh, I believe it was, like early April, late March, that time of year, my brother had taken me out to go see the, um, the re-release of empire strikes back. <laughs> so we were, we were at the movie theater, the movie got out around like nine o'clock. Um, and we were driving back. My brother had a Volvo, a blue Volvo 240 at the time from like the late eighties. <laughs> uh, and, I was sitting in the back seat cause I kind of wanted to like lay down and maybe like rest my eyes cause it was getting late. Um, and we were driving, um, down this long stretch of road on the way back. Um, and my brother never liked to take the, the highway. He always liked to take the, uh, just like the regular state highway or country roads, you know, shortcuts <laughs> to, to get back home. And, uh, I was sitting up at the time and I was sitting in the, the driver's side rear seat. And this was kind of near, um, it's near the Burlington international airport. We were driving through the town of Williston and I, um, I noticed at the end of the, oh no.
Are we still here? <laughs> I don't know what the heck happened. I don't know. I don't know. It, it just dropped out. Someone's listening in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, actually, occasionally, it might have been me. Sometimes my internet drops out late at night. For some reason, my, my ISP isn't the best. Um, oh, okay. But, yeah. Um, where's a good part to pick up on? Okay, so. Uh, you were in the back seat trying to rest your eyes, and then we'll just go yeah. from there. Okay, so we're we're at the uh, we're on this straightaway that's I think about like three quarters of a mile, speed limits like thirty miles an hour. So we're not going like too fast. My brother used to drive like a maniac, but for whatever reason, he wasn't <laughs> driving all that fast at that point in time. Uh, but at the end of this straightaway, there's a bank of trees, and the road dips down uh, downhill into a river valley to like a main state highway, which you know eventually takes us home and there's like open fields before uh the tree line and at the time i think there was like maybe like two or three houses uh around the area but not too many um and i see these three lights over the tree line that we're headed to in a triangular formation and they're pretty like big they don't look like something that would be running lights on a plane. I've seen plenty of planes with their running lights and stuff landing at the airport over the years. Uh, looked absolutely yeah. nothing like that. And I'm like, I'm the first thought in my head was like, oh man, that's like a really low plane. It was like just above the trees. So who knows, maybe like a hundred feet, 200 feet in the air. And it wasn't really on the flight path or like the takeoff and landing path of the airport, which is like a couple miles away. And so I'm just like, what are these lights? I'm just like kind of cranking my neck, trying to see what they are, uh, trying to peek through the front windshield. And uh, I roll down the window because it's an old car <laughs> and I like poke <laughs> my head out. And sure enough, those lights are still there and it's not a plane. Um, Cause I, my second thought was maybe it was a reflection from like maybe there was a light in the car that was on and nope, they were still sitting there stationary in the sky. At that point, I realized they weren't moving um, with a landing plane. It would have changed position uh, by that point in time, which is probably mm -hmm. only like 10 to 15 seconds. And so these lights are just sitting there in triangular formation and it's, it's a pretty clear night. You know, there's stars in the sky. It was like a, a crisp, uh, early spring, early Vermont spring evening. And we're just getting closer to this thing. And I'm trying to like signal to my brother. I'm like, Hey, like, do you see those things up there? And he's like, basically told me to like, shut it and like, stop talking. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. And eventually we get to like the tree line where the road dips down and I like look up out of the window and I can see this thing. We drive right underneath it. It's just sitting there stationary, no sound. And like all I really, all I could hear is probably like the wind coming from like the car movement, but there wasn't like the sound of like jet engines or any kind of weird, like metallic buzzing. It was just like completely silent. And I could see the two lights uh, or two of the three lights. The third one was obscured because of the trees. And I was just like, what is this thing? 
and I couldn't see the stars in between the lights. So whatever it was, it was a solid triangular object. Um, and we just kept driving, didn't say a word about it until uh, 15 years later or so at a family reunion. And the topic of aliens and UFOs came up somehow. And um, my brother was like, oh, yeah, me and Jeff saw this like weird UFO one night driving home. And I was like, like you bastard, you saw it too. And you told me, <laughs> yeah, he just didn't, I don't know, maybe it was just a little, little too much for him at the time. I don't know. Um, he didn't but, want it to be acknowledged. Yeah. He didn't want <laughs> me to be scared or something like that. Cause I mean, he's my big yeah. brother. He's like six years older than me. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that story has, has stuck with me. And, um, you know, later on when like Google earth came out, one of the first things I did was, was go to this exact point on the map to kind of see if I can remember roughly like how big this thing was. And it was like at least as big, if not bigger than a 747. So something, oh, wow. something massive and black triangle UFOs were seen a lot in like the late eighties, early nineties in like Belgium and many other people have, have seen them. A lot of people are like, no, those are ours. It's the TR three B black Manta or the Aurora project or something like that. I don't know if it was extraterrestrial or if it was one of ours. I, I honestly don't know, but I saw something in the sky that night <laughs> and uh, it was, it was, it was, it was big and it was there. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The, the, they've um, I've been hearing a lot lately that uh, they've been saying that the triangular like UFOs are like our government, like the American government. Uh, like the, it's their alien uh, technology because mm -hmm. you know the U.S. government works with aliens, <laughs> right? Yeah, reverse engineered or something like that. I know there's like a, yeah. some infamous clip that like Tom DeLonge showed on like the Joe Rogan podcast or something like that. Uh, that was yeah. like a night vision. You've probably seen it, but yeah, Absolutely. it looked very similar to that. Although I think the lights were proportionally a lot bigger on each tip. Uh, than what was shown in that video, um, which yeah. may or may not be CGI anyway. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to it's, tell. It's, yeah. Some, some videos it's, it's really hard to tell if it's, um, if it's CGI or AI or anything like that. Any, any of the, you know, the faked technology, but I actually reached out to Tom DeLong on Instagram trying to get him on the podcast, but um, he'll never, he'll probably never yeah, ever yeah. see that <laughs> message. Yeah. Someone so. that high profile is probably pretty tricky to get a hold of, I, I would think, but who knows? Yeah. Just try yeah. your luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I had another question uh, I love to ask. Are, are you, do you like horror? Are you like a horror fan? I, I, I do like horror movies. Uh, I'm not like a, a horror movie buff. It's been really a long time since I've really watched a horror movie or anything new. Uh, okay. Having kids and, and doing this really takes up most of my time <laughs> and having a band I, too. I feel but... you. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. Um, so in that case, you, you might be able to pinpoint a lot easier what your favorite horror movie is then if 
Oh, you know. um, I would say Evil Dead 2. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I love that one too, man. Yeah, it's, that's my favorite. I love um, close follow-up. I mean, the whole Evil Dead trilogy. You know, I actually, yeah. I, I never saw the remake that they did back in like 2011 or whatever. Um, and I, I didn't get around to finishing the Ash versus Evil Dead series. I still need to. I watched the first season and I enjoyed it a lot, but I just haven't had time to get back to it. But I would say that um, close follow-up, like second movie uh, is Cabin Fever. <laughs> Have you ever seen that one? Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. With Ryder Strong. That one messed with my head. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so goofy. I was like, ugh. Um, yeah, the, um, uh, but the evil dead have, has been my, uh, one of my favorites as well for a long time. Um, the remake that they did, um, I liked it, but I just wish they had like, uh, like Ash's character, like be the, uh, the main one, but they went with a woman instead. Um, and then the recent Evil Dead one was pretty good too, but I feel like it could have been better. Um, oh, I think I saw Ash, a preview for that. Yeah, yeah. Ash versus uh, the Evil Dead. That series is amazing. I loved it. Um, I really wish they were gonna keep going, but I guess they it got canceled or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's that's unfortunate. Yeah, Bruce yeah. Bruce Campbell's a pretty like epic guy so <laughs> yeah, yeah he's 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 pretty great he's uh he's 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 funny um i i guess he improvised quite a bit um through the evil dead series too so. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah what do you got coming up next man what do you got going on next for you oh well i'm uh i'm in the middle of like uh, doing research uh, for my season three finale of the show. The the show has been on a little bit of a, a hiatus because of the holidays. Um, yep. And then uh, other life stuff stuff that's like gotten in the way <laughs> of trying to get things done, <laughs> uh, which, you know, gotta, gotta roll with the punches. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's that. Um, I'm working on um, booking some pretty cool guest interviews for my next season, uh, getting ready for those uh, events that I mentioned, and mm-hmm. uh, just kind of trying to produce some more um, more short-form video content um, as well as some more blogger-form content for my YouTube channel. Um, just, you know, getting the word out to people. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome man I, I um i'm really loving uh what you do and 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 all that i love the reels uh, the the show um i think the last episode that i listened to of yours was um uh the fresno night crawlers that yeah. one was a good one too thank you <laughs> I thank you the, the I like the the name the name of the uh, episode you called it pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's everybody's favorite pair of pants. How can you go uh, wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You did you did you you did it really well. Every every time Thanks. I like like look into something and you've you've covered it, I always listen to it just to like. Cause I I don't know. I just feel like you've, you you do do a really fantastic job with your research and 
you know, to discuss all like avenues of, 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 uh, of all of the combined info. So, yeah, thanks. Um, I, I like to be, yeah, you're welcome. I like to be thorough. And then every once in a while in the comment section, someone's like, did you even research this? And I'm like, Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to laugh at stuff like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Anyways, so if you don't mind, um, I well actually the last question that I like to uh, ask before uh, we wrap it up is: Are you finding fulfillment in all of the uh, things that you're doing with your your podcast and and therefore? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I um, I don't know what else I'd be doing right now, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. The the whole cryptid paranormal. UFO 4T in realm um, has always been uh, a passion of mine, at least in the background for most of my life. And to be able to kind of do this and have it be the thing that I'm doing um, uh, is really cool. And uh, I'm very much appreciative of all the support that I get uh, to my entire audience on all the platforms I'm on. It's uh, it's really cool. Um, and uh yeah, thanks everyone out out there for for checking out Strangeology. It means a lot. I think that's my favorite part about doing this podcast is the community and, you know, all the other podcasters, you know, everybody just, you know, we everybody just wants to help everybody. And it it's it's amazing and um I'm glad to be a part of it. So, and, I, and yeah. again, I w- would love to uh thank you for coming on because like I said earlier, like time is like the most valuable currency anybody can give you. And I appreciate you giving me uh, your time tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you so much again for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, man, it, it it's a uh, man. Uh, I've been looking forward to, uh, to talking to you for, for a little bit now. So I'm, I'm glad to, that I finally got the chance. So, yeah, um, yeah. And you, sometimes it takes well, me a while to get around to <laughs> to finding the time, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, some a, a lot of people do. A lot of people do. Um, uh, you just gotta. Everybody's got lives to live, so um, it, you know, I, I don't expect anybody to just instantly be like, "Yes, let's do this at this time," and then it <laughs> always works out. Some, you know, it doesn't. It's yeah. not always gonna work out. So right. Um. But anyways, with that, everybody, that is the show today. Um, so please, if you're not following Jeff at Strangeology, please do so. I enjoy listening, and I 100% know that you'll enjoy listening. So go check his stuff out. Um, other than that, like, follow, share, subscribe. That's one of the best ways you can help the show grow. And also uh, rate and review. That helps a lot, too. Uh, but other than that, stay uh, question everything and stay weird. This concludes our broadcast day. Click. Because in the end, none of us have very long on this earth. 
life is fleeting. And if you're ever distressed, cast your eyes to the summer sky. When the stars are strung across the velvety night, and when a shooting star streaks through the blackness, turning night into day. Make a wish.